Think on your feet for our Fast and Curious 5K, a -a one-of-a-kind race hosted by WBEZ and the Chicago Sun-Times on Saturday, July 27th at Humboldt Park. More info and early bird registration at wbez.org slash events. How are Chicagoans with family in the Middle East reacting to the news out of Israel and the Gaza Strip? I'm Sasha Ann Simons, and this is Reset. At the time of this recording on Tuesday afternoon, more than 1,600 people have died after the Hamas attack and retaliatory Israeli airstrikes. Hamas has abducted 150 Israelis, and Israel has cut off people in the Gaza Strip from electricity, water, food, and fuel. On Monday morning, we checked in with two Chicago-area residents with ties to Israel and Gaza. In a moment, we'll hear from a Palestinian woman from Oak Lawn, whose extended family calls the Gaza Strip home. But first, let's hear from Evanston's David Jacobson. His two adult children live in Israel, and I started by asking him how they are and what he's heard from them. They're okay. Uh, uh, our son was called up uh, on uh, Saturday on Shabbat, and uh, he had to go. And uh, my daughter, who's a tour guide, she's she's doing whatever she can do, volunteering. It's just it's, the whole situation is just beyond sad. Mm. What are you hearing from them as they go through this? You know, they're 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 traumatized. Or at least my daughter is. Um, just, I mean, I, it's it's scary to walk outside because uh, of, you know, people are getting kidnapped. I mean, there are people in Chicago that are connected to people there that have been either murdered, kidnapped, missing. So it's, it's, it's scary. What was their reaction when they realized Hamas fighters had entered Israel and, and they were not just firing rockets into the country? Yeah, very, very concerned. I mean, the whole country is, is paralyzed in some ways. And what's sad is, you know, many years ago, and this is not a political statement, Israel, you know, withdrew out of Gaza, hoping not to avoid all this. And it's just very, very sad. And just a lot of innocent people are going to die on both sides. And I just wish uh, Hamas would take responsibility or or the, the Arab community or the Muslim community that's involved would try to squash their people to say, listen, people just want to live in peace. This is not acceptable. Your initial reaction, David, when you found out and and heard about this news over the weekend? Shocked. Uh, We're planning to spend more time in Israel. We have a a future grandchild, hopefully, to be born. And my wife and I are just beyond shocked. It's very concerning because we plan on spending time there uh, later. And uh, just it's it's sad. You know, we want... We want our kids to live their life. We don't. We don't want them to be in harm's danger. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and, and you know this attack, it's it's unprecedented in scale, right? Israel came under attack from the land, sea, and air. Yes. And what I've read and I've heard all throughout the last few days is what you just said. Many Israelis are in shock. Yes. Why was this such a surprise? That's the question of the century. Um, no one really knows how it all happened, you know. And I'm not—I'm just a person in Evanston. Uh, but the, the, the more disturbing news that, that blew me away was more Jews were murdered in the last day 
since the Holocaust. It's never been like this since World War II and the Holocaust. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a crazy concept to put your head around as a Jewish person, as a human being. Mm-hmm. As you mentioned, your son's been called up into the Israeli military, and uh, you haven't been talking with him as much as you've been in touch with your daughter. Well, that... fortunately, we did, fortunately, we did speak with him uh, last night, which was Israel Today, and uh, he's, he's okay. You know, he he served for four years, and um, then he became a commander and an officer. And what's really ironic is that he just graduated college, and his first uh, work day was supposed to be Sunday. You know, wow. as a, and that's not happening. I mean, overall, how, this can't be easy for you to grapple with as a dad, you know, given what's happening on the ground, what you know is happening, and your son is now going to be essentially in the middle of it. Well, what, what, the way I understand it is he's replacing active duty people okay. to be, but but the whole the country is in the middle of it. And uh, what really is heartbreaking is, you know, I'm watching and listening to my wife, you know, and it's just, uh, it's just very hard for her, and it's just uh, we're getting a tremendous amount of calls from family and friends, you know, in support. We, I have to say it's not just about our, our son and daughter and daughter-in-law. It's, it's the country and friends of ours, and it's it, it just transcends the whole community, let alone, I think, the Jewish and the, and the humane world at large. Mm-hmm. Speaking of the Jewish community, tell us more about what you're hearing from, from folks in your circles here in the Chicago area about what's going on. Very shocked. I heard last night there were 2,500 people in Lincolnwood uh, doing prayers as a form of solidarity. But that's happening all around the Jewish community. Uh, I know the Jewish United Fund is, is doing that as well. And, um, you know, everybody's just trying to be supportive of, you know, their friends and family that have uh, um, family in Israel and, you know, trying to get whatever supplies they need. I, I, as strange as it sounds, my daughter and uh, and her uh, boyfriend went and the, the soldiers needed underwear and canned foods. Mm-hmm. And like within an hour, she had it delivered to the base. I mean, it's just basic needs, you know, and uh, it's, but in Chicago, it's, it's just, we're all in shock. And especially coming off all the holidays and all the praying and all the praying, you know, and the celebrations of, of some of the holidays. And, but the, the, it's all been muted because how do you celebrate when you know that your relatives and family and friends are being slaughtered? Mm. The timing seems incredibly off, it sounds like. 50 years since the Yom Kippur War in 1973. So, David, what's your message to the rest of the world watching this unfold? I mean, some folks still don't fully understand what's happening. Uh, what would you want them to take away from this? I'd like people to understand that the Jewish people need a, 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 a homeland or a, a, a land. There are, I think, 35 or 40 um, Muslim countries, and I think that's wonderful. And I think that the Jewish people have a right to survive and a right to exist without any explanation. And I'm saddened that innocent people are going to die on both sides. But leave Israel alone. Let people live in peace. The situation only seems to be escalating at this point. I mean, so your hope for what comes next, David, it sounds like peace. So I'm just looking for peace for on both sides. 
But I am, I will say, I'm a very strong Zionist, and I believe that Israel has a, the right to exist. And I, I, for, and they don't have to explain. As a Jewish person, I don't need to explain that I can be proud as, you know, a Zionist and a Jew. Yeah. But it seems like in this world, it just doesn't end. Well, our thoughts and prayers are with your, your family here and back home. That is David Jacobson from Evanston. He's got family in Israel. Thank you so much for taking the time to share your story with us, David. Oh, thank you, and uh, stay safe. Now, shortly before the show today, we also checked in with Diana Uthman from Oaklawn. She has family living in Gaza, family that she actually just visited a few months ago. And that's where we started our conversation. We spent about half of June and all of July uh, in Gaza visiting our family members there. Oh, my goodness. So what family do you have there? Um, so it's my husband's family, uh, my mother-in-law, sister-in-laws, brother-in-laws, their children, extended family. So um, pretty large uh, amount of family there. Yeah, a lot of people. So have you been able to reach them since everything began to unfold on Saturday? We have um, intermittently. It's it's really difficult, honestly, um, because of the lack of electricity. The They are unable to charge their phones. So they're trying to conserve any sort of power that they have. Um, so we're trying either phone call, WhatsApp, whatever we can kind of get them on. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, you know, difficult to at least, you know, find out that they're okay. Maybe once a day, one person will respond. Um, so, you know, mm-hmm. we are able to contact people so far, but it's very, very difficult. I can only imagine what was going through your mind when you first heard that uh, Hamas had, had breached the border with Israel. Honestly, it was very emotional um, seeing especially the image of the bulldozer um, bulldozing the fence mm-hmm. um, because it was just such a visceral reaction that I had comparing it to what I saw when I was there um, because of how confined people are. Um, you know, there is no getting in or out of Gaza for the people who live there. Um, it's very, very difficult to exit through the border of Egypt. Um, and you have to have permission, which is very difficult to obtain. And you have to have a reason to exit. Um, and going through the areas crossing into um, the, the Israeli territory is nearly impossible as well, mm-hmm. um, only for people with NGOs or medical permits, which are also exceedingly difficult to get. So, you know, people are effectively caged in. Um, it is like a prison. So I really felt like I was seeing people break out of a prison that they've been forced into for, you know, the past 16 years at least. And of course, there are the images that we're seeing on television and, and online and, and the real life account that you're getting from family that's there right now. What else are you hearing from them about this current situation? Um, they say that they're experiencing bombing at a level that they've never seen before. Um, and remember, these are people who have experienced multiple bombing campaigns um, at the hands of Israel, you know, one of the worst in like 2008 and then moving on forward to the, the last ones. Um, and so some of the children in my husband's family have grown up, um, they're now in maybe their 20s, and this is all they've known, you know, their entire existence growing up, 
Um, and they're saying that they have never seen this sort of brute force sort of wantonly unleashed in every single area. Um, how, you know, buildings with entire filled with families mm-hmm. just, ru- you know, reduced to rubble in seconds with no warning. Um, you know, having neighbors being hit. Um, it's just, they are just seeing it just being constant, constant, um, bombing at this point. What was their day-to-day life like before this all started over the weekend? Honestly, it's a very, very difficult existence. Um, it was difficult for us to, you know, get used to it for the month and a half we were there. Um, people in 2023 are dealing with four to six hours of electricity a day. Um, and when we were there, it was through a sweltering summer heat wave. So imagine enduring that not only, it, you know, without air condition or fans, but also living in a refugee camp where you have just cement walls on all sides, very, very small corridors between the different blocks of the houses in this, in the refugee camp. So there's not even wind circulation when you open your windows. It's just like, it's very stifling, figuratively mm-hmm. and literally stifling. So they're dealing with that. They're dealing with, you know, shortages of water. Um, they're dealing with, you know, inability to travel from place to place. Um, just living in a refugee camp. I mean, you can imagine what sort of conditions there are in a refugee camp when, and these are people that were born in refugee camps and die in them. And refugee camps are supposed to be things that are temporary. Um, so, you know, day to day life is very difficult. Transportation is difficult. Just getting the things you need mm-hmm. aside from the economic challenges that people face, obviously not having work, right. not having the money to get these things, um, medicines, you know, things that are essential for everyday life. Um, it's all just very, very difficult. You uh, attended a rally in downtown Chicago yesterday to show support for the Palestinian people. Tell us more about what happened there and and why you wanted to be in the midst of that. Um, The rally was basically expressing our support for our people um, and calling attention to the fact that, you know, their reaction is in response to decades of violence at the hands of an occupier. Um, And it's very, very painful to watch your people being dehumanized um, constantly whether it's um, this, you know, what's going on currently or just in general, the coverage that we see of Palestinians, it's always reducing them to numbers, reducing them to being these violent people when they in reality are the ones who are under occupation. They are a colonized people like any other colonized people who have fought for their freedom. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was actually in Gaza, I was I happened to be reading Trevor Noah's book about his experience in South Africa. Um, and I truly felt like I was reading about Gaza, the experiences that he described, the conditions he lived in. Really? Um, it was so uncanny how similar it was. Um, and so people need to understand, and this is what we hope to, you know, call attention to through rallies and through different actions that, you know, Palestinians are living under a settler colonial state you know, full stop. And Americans do not realize that. I truly believe that many of them do not realize that. And so they see them as aggressors, um, when in reality, they are the victims of a colonizer. And 
any people who have wanted to rid themselves of colonialism, it's not a smooth, easy process. That's not the nature of colonialism. Mm -hmm. Well, we're 48 hours into this conflict, Deanna. What's on your mind right now? The safety of our family, honestly, it's a constant worry. Um, it's difficult to go through the regular motions in your day and not knowing what's going to happen from one minute to the next. Um, there's a, you know, also a sense of guilt that you're just doing what you need to do while other people are just struggling to stay alive. Um, especially seeing some of them post on social media, uh, just constant prayers, 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 asking for safety, asking for people to remember them. Um, so it's very, very difficult, honestly, um, your heart's kind of constantly shaking, you know, just worrying, um, having that in the back of your mind. So, I mean, I hope that there could be some sort of resolution, at least short term in terms of this bombing. And unfortunately it seems like Netanyahu has received, you know, carte blanche to do whatever he wants. And so that's the scary thing is that there is nobody calling this violence to account. That is Deanna Uthman from Southwest Suburban Oakland. She's got family in the Palestinian territory of Gaza, as well as in the West Bank. Deanna, thank you so much for, for sharing your thoughts today. We hope for safety for your family. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. That conversation was produced and edited by Daniel Tucker, along with Meha Ahmed. Check out our podcast feed to listen to President Biden's address on the Israel-Hamas war that he delivered on Tuesday afternoon. And don't forget, you can find all of Reset's conversations at wbez.org slash reset. Thank you so much for listening. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. We'll meet again soon. Thanks for listening to the news live on WBEZ and NPR. The WBEZ stream sounds great in the kitchen on your smart speaker and anywhere on the WBEZ app. Listen every day.